I feel blessed that's ever been I'm the best I've ever been okay. So if they ask you how I feel What's up? I, I, I'ma tell you I feel amazing I feel blessed that's ever been I'm the best Gentlemen, it is Wednesday. See, I know I did a show last Friday because I had to combinate work schedule and all that stuff. But I'm back on the the original schedule. Wednesday, it is almost 1.40 p.m. on the East Coast on October 18, 2023. And you know what it is. It's bearing down a great iron time. It's time to talk that college football. Time to talk that college football because a lot went on this past weekend in college football. You know, I have some. I got a person to go out there for losing in Seattle. Uh, something happened in Boulder last Friday. And then we have a weekend to preview, which features Big Ten Country with the spotlight on it. So, y'all know who I am. The Playmaker Down in Silence here from Jacksonville, Florida. Like, living in color and all that. But, you know what we got to do first? We got to get our news and notes out the way with the two-minute drill. And to kick off our two-minute drill, ladies and gentlemen, first top of the day, Ryan Day, hopeful Ohio State gets key players back this week. Uh, Adam Wittenberg from ESPN writes this article that says, Ohio State, Ryan Day, it's hopeful, to, it's hopeful that several key players will return this week at home, showdown against number seven in state, including starters, Emike Obumuja and running back Trayvon. Henderson. Oh, and they also added Denzel Berkson to this one. So he's looking forward to this. They said they was asked Tuesday about the status of the three players. He didn't go into specific situations, but did say hopeful we'll have all those guys back for Saturday. He later added that the same applies for Burt, a starting cornerback who left last week's game against Purdue in the third quarter and did not return. Big game this week. I would get to in the campus tour. That is a game that is on the sleep. All right. So that's Article One. Article Two says Kansas State quarterbacks Will Howard, Avery Johnson to split playing time. This is an interesting move here. Kansas State coach Chris Kaiserman plans to use both veteran Will Will Howard and Avery Johnson at quarterback going forward after the freshman standout came on came on against Texas Tech last weekend and match a school record with five touchdown runs. The Wildcats were struggling to move the ball against the Red Raiders, but how, who replaced the injured Adrian Martinez last season and led them to the Big Ten, to the Big Tour championship game. But when Johnson entered the game, the third threat quarterback energized the Kansas State Wildcats, which wound up overcoming a third quarter deficit for a 38-21 victory over the Red Raiders of Texas Tech. Could be interesting move here, similar to what Florida did back in the 2005-2006 when we had Chris Lee and Tim Tebow. Even though that led to a national championship game, pretty sure this was not lead Kansas State to a national championship. But you never know. Crazy things that happened in football before, and we're gonna talk about one of those crazy things that happened in football from the past weekend when we do our gridiron roundup. But nevertheless, Kansas State they're going with two quarterback system. This should be fun. This should be real fun, okay? Moving on to our next article here. Uh, frustrated Shane Beamer broke foot after South Carolina loss. Chris Lowe of ESPN says, South Carolina coach Shane, Shane Beamer broke a bone in his right foot when he kicked something in frustrated after the team scored a 10-point fourth quarter lead in Saturday's 41-30 line loss at home to Florida. Bimba limped into his weekly news conference Tuesday and didn't expect to have and did not expect to have surgery. He's saying, quote, it was after the game. Certainly, that was a gut enriching and emotional loss, Bima told reporters. I was frustrated and kicked something I shouldn't have kicked. 
and I thought I was okay. And then the adrenaline of the game wore off. Yep, South Carolina went into the fourth quarter with a 10-point lead. And, you know, Graham Mertz, Ricky Pauls, they did their thing, and they led Florida to a comeback victory over South Carolina, which puts them in prime position for next week game here in Jacksonville, Florida, which I will get to next week. This week, the Gators are off, so I'm not going to talk about my Gators today's show. This is all we're going to get from the Florida Gator side. The thirdly most point here is the big news of the day. Starting with the number one team in Atlanta, Georgia Bulldogs. Kirby Smart, no time li- no timeline on Bar's recovery. Georgia coach Kirby Smart went off for a timeline Tuesday on Bar's potential return to the field after the All-American tight end Underwent surgery on his left ankle a day earlier. Smart speaking to reporters after practice in Athens, Georgia, says his only concern is getting Bowers healthy after he had tight rope surgery to repair a high ankle sprain. The procedure involved using surgical threads instead of metal screws and is designed to accelerate the recovery process. Which is interesting because that team is on a bye week. And they have a big game next week. Now I'll get to them next week because their game is on my campus to a slate automatically for next week. So, but it looks like Brock Bro will be missing that game. Okay. And as I continue on through the article, it says Barbara was, was starting his recovery Tuesday, and Smart said UGA director of sports medicine Ryan Concern will work with Orpaval to plan. Borrowers rehab. The the typical recovery time for a tightrope surgery procedure is usually four to six weeks, although some players have came back sooner and others came back later. So the typical time is four to six weeks. So this will be week one. Next week will be week two. And then we're talking week three is the beginning of November. So you're looking around at the latest Thanksgiving weekend. And if that reminds me, there's a Thanksgiving weekend. That's the Georgia Tech game. That's the last game of the season. Earliest one. Let me see. Let me go to Georgia schedule. Live research, people. I need to look at the Bulldog schedule right now. Let me see here. The earliest will be at home against Mississippi State, November 11th. So that's the early, according to say four to six weeks. So the earliest is Ole Miss at home, November 11th. That's a big game, too, depending on what Ole Miss does between now and November 11th and what Georgia does between now and November 11th. That's a huge game in the SEC. So that's the earliest. The latest is the end of the year are in the year against the annual Georgia Tech team in Atlanta, Georgia. Oh, and they could save them and bring them back for the SEC championship game if they make it that far. Because that the SEC, the SEC East is not closed. It's not a closed door yet. It's not a closed door yet because they got some games like they still got Missouri on the schedule. They still got Ole Miss on the schedule. They still got Tennessee on the schedule. And they still got Florida on the schedule. So the East is not over. The East is still wide open. Even though Georgia is undefeated, it is not over yet. This could be a concerning time for your Bulldogs fan, but we shall see. They have the bye week this week. They have time to get ready for their next game. They have a bye week. So we shall see how that goes. We're brought bras, but that is a huge loss for a significant amount of time. And then to close out the our two-minute drill, our was Eric All has torn ACL out for the season. Man, you hate to see that. Our was Aiden offense will be out tight in Eric All for the remainder of the season, confirmed by Coach Fraser on said on Tuesday. Hall, who led the Hawkeyes with 21 receptions, 299 receiving yards, has a torn ACL. A source told ESPN on Tuesday he suffered the injury late in the first quarter of Saturday's game against Wisconsin and was helped off the field after a hit to the knee from Wisconsin linebacker CJ Guzik following a reception. Man, you hate, you hate to see players get that type of injury. Another Another player down with an ACL injury done for the season. 
man, you hate hearing that. Prayers go out to you all well, for a nice and fully recovery. Get healthy, and uh, we'll see what's next for you. Will you come back for another year at Iowa, or you try to make the leap to the NFL? We shall see. But man, that is that's 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 painful. Eric all out for the season for the Iowa Hawkeyes, who got a big win, which I will get into after our commercial break. We'll be back. The Playmakers Blog is sponsored by Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, mountains of entertainment. So much, so much to stream from shows and movies you can only catch here on Paramount Plus. Whether it be from CBS, BET, Comedy Central, Liquid Loading, and so much more. The new home of Showtime. Watch Showtime original series, movies, and sports when you sign up for Paramount Plus with Showtime. Catch exclusive originals from Paramount Plus such as Star Trek, Strange Wars, The Family Stallones, Halo, and so much more. You also can stream live sports like NFL on CBS, the UEFA Champions League, the Masters, and the SEC on CBS. Paramount Plus, you can stream up to three devices when you create an account. So Paramount Plus plan starts at $5.99. If you hit that link below, you can get a free trial. Paramount Plus, mountains of entertainment. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Into the Net FC. Killing Mbappe just all of a sudden finally understood his role, and I think he finally understood that everything Killing Mbappe has accomplished already, you know, there is still a hell of a lot waiting for him in the future. Killing Mbappe is only 24 years old. He has accomplished so much, and you know what? Kylian Mbappe has not even reached his prime. Finally seeing, you know, the Marcus Rashford we have been hoping for for such a long time, you know. But, you know, this game, you know, after after everything Manchester United has been, you know, doing lately, you know, th this was actually the ultimate test, you know, to see if Manchester United, you know, all, honestly was all of a sudden for real. I, I explained this. The United States, maybe they have to suffer this loss as a lesson to learn to prepare for the future. Because four years from now, the World Cup is in not one, not two, but three countries. The United States of America, Canada, and Mexico. Into the NetFC is available on all streaming platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and YouTube. And welcome back to Bearing Down and Grid Iron here, ladies and gentlemen, on this Wednesday, October 18, 2023. Here with the Playmaker. Man, all right. We got our news and notes out of the way. Man, let's recap the weekend that was. Ladies and gentlemen, the Iowa Hawkeye, they went into Madison, Wisconsin, and took down the, the Wisconsin Badgers 15 to 6 on the, on the road. Speaking of the road, the Missouri Tigers bounced back very nicely in less than, in less than Kentucky, putting it on the Kentucky Wildcats 38 to 21. Oh, no, that ain't. Oh, the physicality of Notre Dame. Caleb Williams had a terrible game. Three interceptions. First time in his career he has thrown three interceptions in a single game. And to the tune of 48 to 20, USC got their ass whooped by the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Marcus Freeman, big win for him. Good job, man. What is next for the USC Trojan? I got you covered. From South Bend, Indiana, down to Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Where the North Carolina Tigers defending home turf. With a 10-point win, 41 to 31 over the Miami Hurricanes. From the East Coast to the West Coast, as we go to Oregon, Corvallis to be exact, where the Oregon State Beavers in a ranked versus ranked matchup with the UCLA Boons defending home turf to a tomb of a 12-point win, 36 to 24. And then the game of the week last week, it was in Seattle, Washington. And for the second time in a row. The Washington Huskies defeated the Oregon Ducks by a field goal. And speaking of the game of the week, let's have a chat. Because uh, let's see here. Dan Lanny, play for wins. 
That's what you said to your team. We play for wins when you were trying to go up against Colorado and they were playing for clicks. And I came on numerous shows with this one included that said, uh, I'll see you in two weeks. I'll see you in two weeks. Because I knew this game was coming. Take your ass to Seattle Washington and let's see if you play for wins there. You took an L. You lost. You lost. 36, Washington. 33, Oregon. That's an L, Dan Lanny. It's not a win. That's an L. And speaking of L, you wasted Bo Nix's performance. 33 for 44. 337, two touchdowns. Michael Pitson Jr., 27, 20, 22 for 37. 302, four touchdowns in the pick. That's an L. And it's your fault, Dan Lanny. It is your fault. You had a running back go for 100 yards and a touchdown. You had a wide receiver go for over, over 150 yards receiving and a touchdown. But your defense on the other side, they let Washington run for over 100 yards for a touchdown. And they had a receiver go for 128 and two touchdowns. But I'm not going to put it all on the defense. I'm putting it on the damn coach. This is this. This is in the second quarter, ladies and gentlemen, going into halftime. The score is Washington 22, Oregon 18. Oregon got all the way down to the three-yard line, ladies and gentlemen. This is the this is the actual drive here. Start to finish. And it was fourth and three with six seconds left. And Dan Lanny decided to go for it instead of kicking a field goal. Fourth and goal at the Washington three. Bo Nix, pass incomplete, halftime. You, you left three points on the board. Instead of you being down one, going into the half, you're down four. But just, no, 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 no. But we have more. So I had to split this up because this is one drop. This is in the third quarter, ladies and gentlemen. Score is 20-90-18. It's an 11-point game now. It went from a four-point game to an 11-point game because this idiotic coach didn't want to kick a goddamn field goal before halftime. Now this made matters worse. As you see here, we got the drive here. And then we get to it's fourth and three at the Washington eight. Does he get the field goal to make it an eight-point game? No, he goes for it again. Bo Nix incomplete pass to Troy Franklin. Turnover on downs. You left six points on the board. So it's saying you being down eight in the third quarter. You're still down 11. And then this is exhibit this is exhibit C. So that you got a exhibit A, you got a exhibit B, now you're finna get a exhibit C. Because in exhibit C, you have to lead. You're up 33 to 30, and you have the ball. You get to the Washington's 47-yard line. It says here fourth and three at Washington 47. And you go for it again. Bo Nicks, incomplete pass to Tez Johnson. Which means you gave the ball to Washington, who was only down a field goal at their own 47-yard line. And this is the very next series right at the bottom. Washington, first and 10 at the Washington 47. Michael Pitson Jr., pass complete to Jalen Park for 35 yards, down to the Oregon 18-yard line. Second play, first and 10 at eight at the Oregon 18-yard line. Michael Pittsman Jr. completes pass to Romeo Jobs for an 18-yard touchdown. You don't kick two field goals, and you don't punt the freaking ball. And you, and, 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 and you lose the game. You lose the game! You left six points on the board because you didn't want to kick two field goals. And then when you got stopped on third down in the Washington Territory, instead of you punching the ball and making them drive the length of the freaking field with the game on the line, you gave them a short-ass field. They only needed 53 yards to take the lead and beat you by the final score of 36 to 33. But Dan Lanny, play for wins. No, you didn't play for wins, you dodo. You idiot. Now, 
your team's in a position that you, you have to beat USC, you have to beat UCLA, you have to beat Oregon State at the end of the year. And if you got to face Utah, you got to beat Utah. If you lose anyone in four games, your ass is done. No playoffs, no Pat to a championship. Your ass is done. Because your ass don't want to be smart. You lost by three and you left six points on the board. Six! This is, the, this is why when they did that Colorado video and everybody was getting mad at me, oh, why do I got... No, get get back at me in two weeks. Two weeks have passed, and you see the result. They lost to Washington. Now, I am one more loss away from losing my Pac-12 champion because I picked you dummies of Oregon to win the Pac-12. But you lose to Washington. Again, Washington has beaten you at your place, and now they have to finish their place. Both games were won by a field goal or less. The stupidity of Dan Lanning is, is, is utterly ridiculous right now. Why do you leave six points? Kick the field goal, go into halftime down one. Kick the field goal, make it a five-point game. No, make it an eight-point game instead of a double, instead of a two-position game. No, let's go for it. And you felt on both times. And then when you had the damn lead, you had a chance to punt the ball, and make them drive the length of the field. No, you go for it again, and you got stopped. And then 53 yards later, man, Washington takes the victory because you don't want to do the right thing. Dan Lanning. This is why I went in, the way I went in, even though they beat Colorado. You want to act like that? Do that into Washington. Do that in two weeks when you go to Washington. Do that. Apparently not. So those of you who are tuning in, if you all don't know what we're doing right now, here we go. We are uh, on our great, great iron roundup from week seven. So now that I got my rent out away from Dan Lanning, there were some upsets that took place that I don't think most people know about. So let me help you out. We have three of them. So you technically, you can say four. But here's the main three, because they all rank teams. Oklahoma State defending home turf against 23rd ranked Kansas, 39-32. All of a sudden, Mike Gunning has the Cowboys looking like a college team after whatever happened to y'all. Speaking of uh, defending home turf, the Pitt Panthers, the Pittsburgh Panthers, were able to defend home turf for their second win of the year by stumping out 14th ranked Louisville, 38. To 21. This is after Louisville put up a big one against Notre Dame. And that was in Lawrence. And that was in Louisville, Kentucky last weekend, the weekend before. Good win for the Pitt Panthers, even though y'all not going anywhere. But good win. Louisville, y'all about to pick yourself up. That was that's embarrassing. You can beat Notre Dame, but you can't beat Pitt. That is freaking embarrassing, okay? That is completely embarrassing by y'all. Get it together, Louisville. Get it together. And speaking of getting together, ugh, oh my gosh, Washington State, what is going on here? Now, you lost to UCLA the previous week in uh, Los Angeles. You bought your asses home to get your asses spanked by Arizona. Arizona whooped y'all ass in y'all own building. In y'all own building. Provo Washington sat there and watched the Arizona Wildcats Beat y'all like a damn stepchild to the tomb of 44 to 6. Just beat the brace off you. Whooped you like you didn't, like, like you did something terrible in your own building. Y'all owe that fan base. Y'all owe that fan base. Because that fan base did not deserve to see y'all get your ass whooped by Arizona. And Arizona be playing some good football, surprisingly. So I don't know what's going on in Arizona right now, but they playing some good football. But and, um, nobody expected a 44 to 6 ass whooping. If that took place, it would have been the reverse. Washington State came home and was pissed off and they laid it out on Arizona. Nah, Arizona laid it out on Washington State. Good. Lower head mercy. Good grace. 
Now, those were the rank upsets. Let's get to one of the big stories outside of Dan Laney and his stupidity. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, let's go to Boulder, Colorado. This is not fun for me to do this. It's not. But Boulder, Colorado, we go because the Colorado Buffaloes, as you can see, those of you who can, were up 29 to 0 over Stanford. And we're talking about a 1-4 Stanford team at the time, Friday night in Boulder, Colorado. So when you see 21-9, you be like, yep, that's about right. It's Stanford. Stanford has nothing. Stanford is a nobody. Uh, Andrew Lucas is not there. Uh, Chris McCaffrey is not there. Uh, Richard Sherman is not there. So, yeah, this, this is exactly what it's supposed to be right now. A good old-fashioned ass with it. What led by Coach Prime and the Colorado Buffaloes. But they always say there are two halves to a game. There are not 30 minutes played, there are 60 minutes played. So in the second half, ladies and gentlemen, the Stanford Cardinals outscored the Buffaloes 46 to 14, which includes two overtimes. 46 to 14. Now, if my math is correct, and I believe so it is, if I was to do, so we said uh, Stanford 46 to 14, right? But Colorado had a 29 point lead. So if I do 29, so if I do 20, 29 plus 14, I get 43. That's less than 46. What in the blue hell happened, Coach Prime? What in the blue hell happened, Colorado? What happened in Boulder, Colorado Friday night? How does a team who only won one game thus far is able to come back from a 29-0 deficit to beat you at home? Look, if I'm going to get on UCF for blowing a 28-point lead late in the third quarter into the fourth quarter against Baylor, um, Coach Prime ain't, ain't exempt, okay? Because I did the same thing to UCF when they blew a 28-point lead at home in the bounce out to Baylor. Now I got Coach Prime and the Colorado Buffalo blowing a 29-point lead to the Stanford Cardinals. Stanford Cardinals. When the last time we heard Stanford Cardinals of anything besides Stanford Steve? How? How does this team does that? How? What? What is going on here? I don't even know Coach Prime I think up to that point, I only think Coach Prime knew what it felt like to lose a 29-point lead until Friday night, second half. But you guys did, for whatever reason. And then Travis Hunt's first game back, you play him over 100 snaps. What the hell's wrong with y'all? The man has got back from a lacerated lung. Why is he playing 100 snaps? I mean, he did score twice. I mean, 12, 13 catches, 140 yards, and two touchdowns. I mean, sure, Joe Sinners did have 400 yards passing, five touchdowns, and an interception. But y'all lost to Stanford. Y'all lost to Stanford. What What is worse, the fact that Louisville lost to Pitt on the road or the fact that Colorado blew a double-digit lead at home to Stanford? That's the question of the day. What is worst? Because, good Lord, I don't know what the hell happened here. I don't. And it's crazy to know that. It's really crazy. I don't understand. But it is what it is. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, this past weekend, I went 3-3 three and three because uh, I had Wisconsin beating Iowa. Right, that didn't happen. I had Kentucky defending home turf against Missouri. That didn't happen. And honestly, I picked. Oregon to win the game of the weekend. That didn't happen. But I did get the extra point right. Tennessee winning over Texas A&M in, in a good game. But I did get the extra point right. So I went 3-3 three and three this past weekend. That puts me at 27-15 on the college season so far. Uh, I have earned my uh, fifth extra point of the year. So as we keep adding them extra points on, we're going to keep it rolling and whatnot. So that is the gridiron roundup. And then when we come back, we got to go on our campus tour. So 
we'll be back. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Cowboys Talk. The Dallas Cowboys got exactly what they deserved. Let me say that one more time, because you know it's true. The Dallas Cowboys got exactly what they deserved. Dak Prescott is overrated and he shouldn't be paid, okay? And the same thing with Pollard. I mean, Pollard bro- breaking the tackles at that 57-yard touchdown run. I mean, we needed oh, that big time. 33 points in the fourth quarter. Let me say that again. 33 points in the fourth quarter. And that's off of four turnovers committed by the Colts. See, at one point, and the fact that at the end of the third quarter, it was 21-19, to and the final score was 54-19? to Now that, ladies and gentlemen, that is completely unexpected. Cowboy Sock is available on all streaming platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and All right, ladies and gentlemen, sorry about that. I didn't take down the graphic I was supposed to take down. That is my fault. I would take full responsibility of that one. But welcome back to Bearing Down and Gridiron. Shout out to my brother, Alex Arkansas, who is on vacation out in Los Angeles right now. So enjoy your vacation because when he comes back, good Lord, it's going to be me versus him. And I'm not looking forward to it whatsoever. But that's next week. I'm keeping it this week. Now, we got through our Gridiron roundup. We got you your news and notes for the week. Time to go on a tour. And to begin our campus tour, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to start off in Eugene, Oregon, surprisingly. 3.30 ABC. The battle of the Pac-12 is between the Oregon Ducks, who are still ranked in the top 10, taking on who is now unranked in the Washington State Cougars. Oregon needs to bounce back. Hell, Washington State needs to bounce back. They, they didn't show up at all against Arizona. Good Lord, 44 to 6. Arizona and, uh, and Oregon needs to down bounce back because they yet again lost another big game that they're supposed to have been winning. But yeah, you're too busy trying to make pregame videos and looking for clicks as well. You took an L to the Washington Huskies. Now we have Washington State at 4 and 2, Oregon at 5 and 1. ESPN says 94.8%, basically 95% is on the Ducks, crack. And only 5% is on the Cougars. Vegas says 20-point favorite Ducks. I do not like the sound of that. 20-point favorite, damn. Now, if I look at the standings here, UCF, USC is still top of the conference at 4-0, followed by Washington. Oregon State is leading Oregon at 3-1, while Oregon's at 2-1. You have Utah, Arizona, UCLA, and then Washington State after that. Oregon came forward another loss. Music and Washington State, they're already at two losses on the conference. So you lost to UCLA and you lost to Arizona. So we shall see who gets the upper hand in this one and gets back in the race for the Pac-12 title run. Between Oregon and Washington State. From Eugene, Oregon, let's head on down south to Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Going down to the Alabama guys because we got a rivalry in the SEC taking place at 3.30 on CBS between Tennessee Volunteers and the Utah. Ranked number 11 in Alabama. Nick Saban, Josh Hugh gets together. After a historic game last season in Knoxville, Tennessee, a thriller of a game when Tennessee done something they haven't done in a very long time, and they upset Nick Saban in the Alabama Crimson Tide. If you don't know, you're going to know. Nick Saban has held on to that for a whole year. He's been waiting to get this game back because he's not supposed to lose to Tennessee. And if Nick Saban gets like that, Nick Saban is coming for you. Nick Saban ain't bull-jabbing you, Nick Saban is coming for your throat. So, Josh, you, whatever you got going on there, sir, you better bring your A game. You better bring your big boy pants because uh, Nick Saban's coming for that ass. Nick Saban wants payback. And is in Tuscaloosa at all places, which means he most likely might get payback because it's at home, even though they did lose 
this is in the same building this year already. So maybe Josh, you can find some things from that Texas game he can use in this game. 3.30, CBS. From Tuscaloosa, Alabama to Tallahassee, Florida. Ooh, this should be interesting. 7.30, primetime, ABC. The Duke Blue Devils. Yes, we are talking Duke football. Then. We're not talking Duke basketball, which, but I will be talking Duke basketball. As shooting lights out is coming back, by the way, and I got it. Yeah, you get it. But we're talking football, Duke football. Now they're in Tallahassee against the fourth-ranked team in the country, the Florida State Seminoles. And, yes, before you ask, yes, I want to throw up right now because I'm talking Florida State. Should be a good one. You Duke, you had a big game against Clemson the first game of the year. You knocked them off. Then you had a big game against Notre Dame. Notre Dame got you. Round three, ladies and gentlemen. Can Duke answer the call? Or will Florida State continue on this this high that they had since last season when they went 10-3? and And then they come in, they knocked off LSU down in Orlando. They took, they went to Dev Valley, the ACC's Dev Valley of Clemson, South Carolina. They took down the Clemson Tigers on the road. Now they're at home in a top 20 showdown with the Duke Blue that was Canada. Knows the Finn Tallahassee the way they've been doing and send Duke back to Dorn, North Carolina with another L. Should be a good one. From Tallahassee, Florida, let's go out to sunny Los Angeles, California. Where the uh, University of Southern California Trojans are hosting the two-time defending Pac-12 champions, the 14th-ranked Utah Utes, 8 p.m. on Fox. A repeat of last year's Pac-12 championship game when Utah smacked the Trojans all around for their back-to-back Pac-12 champions. Utah holds a two-game win streak over UCLA because during the regular season of that, of that season, Utah beat them in Salt Lake City. Now they're going to sunny California. They still don't have Ken Rising, and Caleb Williams is coming off his worst game as a college quarterback he has ever had when he threw three interceptions against the Notre Dame Fighting Niners. Will Caleb Williams bounce back, or will Utah and that defense suffocate Caleb Williams like they did last year? And put him on his ass one more time. That is 8 p.m. on Fox, ladies and gentlemen. And then from sunny Los Angeles, California, to the Death Valley of the ACC, Clemson, South Carolina. This is a doozy right here. This is one that I am definitely looking forward to at 8 p.m. on the ACC Network because it is the Clemson Tigers hosting the Miami Hurricanes. And if I go to the standards of the ACC, ladies and gentlemen, we know Florida State is on top. Right behind them is the North Carolina Tar Heels at 3-0. Right behind North Carolina is Duke, who plays Florida State. So that's that's a big game. Then you have Louisville at 3-1, Georgia Tech 2-1, Virginia Tech 2-1. Then you have Clemson at 2-2, and then Miami at 0-2. Especially after that dumb behind thing that uh, Mario Cristobal did against Georgia Tech. He wouldn't be in this position right now. Then you had to make it up by going to North Carolina and North Carolina defending home turf. So this is going to be an interesting one. Dabo, you want to keep your season alive? You defend Death Valley and you send the Hurricanes on a three-game losing streak. But if Murray Cusabal walks in there to Death Valley and another team from Florida wins in Death Valley, count this season done. Dabo swinging. And look to start over. Okay? So the loser of this one is done. Watch it. 8 p.m. ACC Network. And then we go from there to what is this? The game of the week. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Game of the week takes us to the horseshoe. The Ohio State Buckeyes are in a top 10 showdown and one of the biggest games in the Big Ten. Number three Buckeyes hosting number seven Penn State. This, ladies and gentlemen, is what we have been waiting for when it comes to the Big Ten. People were talking about why not supporting coaches like 
James Franklin of Penn State when we were talking when everybody was celebrating Coach Prime because this is one of the games that we are looking at when it comes to James Franklin. You're taking your ass to the horseshoe, James Franklin. He's bringing a team that has been dominating on the offensive end. It has been damn good on the defensive end as well. 12 p.m. on Fox. Right at the big noon kickoff. College game day will be in the building. The Pat McAfee show will be at the Horseshoe on Friday. And the ESPN says 63.5% on the Buckeyes. Giving James Franklin and the Penn State Nathan Lions a 36.5% chance of putting off the upset. As we look here, we talking 427 yards of offense for Penn State to Ohio State's 443. Defensive-wise, we're talking 254 yards given up by the Buckeyes. The Litty Lions, on the other hand, only give up not 194 yards a game. They are suffocating on the run game because Penn State only gives up 73 yards a game on the run, while the Buckeyes give up 110 on the run. Passing-wise, the Buckeyes give up 154. The Lifty Lions of Penn State give up 121. It's going to be a contrast in the styles here. Would offense prevail? Would defense make a statement here? Nevertheless, when you look at the Penn State schedule, it is not oppressive whatsoever. We're talking you. We're talking Delaware. We're talking at Illinois. We're talking Iowa when they beat them 31 nothing. At Northwestern's. Shout out to my man Brian Snow of Snowman in the morning. But your Wildcats got their ass with 41 to 13. And then this past weekend, you played UMass to a tune of 63 to 0. But the Buckeyes, on the other hand, Youngstown State, did what you had to do. Western Kentucky, did what you had to do. You had to go to South Bend. You came up with toys in that one because some idiotic decisions by Notre Dame, but nevertheless, a win's a win. You played Maryland at home, you handled business, and you went to West Lafayette and Indiana to take on Purdue last weekend, and you did what you had to do. So we shall see. Is Penn State and James Franklin ready for the big light this season? It gets no bigger than at the horseshoe against the Ohio State. Noon. Fox. And then from there, we had the Fan point. He had the extra point van vote. And this one, I'm actually surprised. I did not see y'all picking this game. I didn't. But you picked the rivalry of Michigan. It is the in-state rivalry of Michigan. It is the Michigan Wolverines going to East Lansing. East Lansing to take on the Michigan State Spartans. Man, oh man, this is going to be quite interesting here because we got one team on the other hand who is ranked second in the country. And I do mean second in the country. This is for the Paul Brown Bryan Governor's Trophy of Michigan. So we got one team who's ranked second in the country who is doing everything dominantly. I mean, and the competition is not all that impressive either, but... They're doing everything dominantly. And then on the other side, you have Michigan State, who's going through all types of hell right now. Coaches getting fired. Sexual allegations are taking place. All types of stuff going on with Michigan State right now. And they're not a good football team. You have 7-0 Michigan going against 2-4 Michigan State. This game is 7-30 on NBC, by the way. ESPN says 93%. The Wolverines that gives Michigan State only a 7%. They're still getting a 7% chance, by the way. And yet, Michigan's schedule has not been impressive whatsoever. We're talking Bowling Green, Rutgers, Nebraska, Michigan, I mean, Minnesota, and Indiana. Let me say that again. Bowling Green at home, Rutgers at home, at Nebraska, at Minnesota. Indiana at home. 31 to 6, 31 to 7, 45 to 7, 52 to 10, 52 to 7. 
Now, it is easy for me and everybody on the world to say Michigan's about to whoop their ass. They about to antenna, they stone go, they about to stump a moho in Michigan State and walk it dry. That's what they should do. And they better do it. But yet again, it is a rivalry game. And as those of us who've been watching college football for how many years, we know when it comes to rivalry games, especially in state rivalry games, Throw the records out the door, throw the rankings out the door, throw past history out the door. It's gonna, this might be a fight for once. And we're gonna look at Michigan and be like, damn, Michigan State made y'all play some damn football. So, either way, this can go either way. I don't know which way it will go, but man. It is a rivalry game, and I'm always a little skeptical when it comes to rivalry games because ew, it can get dicey here, okay? It can get very dicey. That is our campus tour. And when we come back, give you my bear down pick six, and we can call it a day. We'll be back. The Playmaker Squad is sponsored by Lids. Locker rooms by Lids. Shop hats and official sports gear at Lids. Lids, the leader and number one destination for hats, gears, and everything that moves you. Make it a perfect shop for fans to find official sports hats, merchandise, and gears. Represent your team, your town, and your style with a snapback, adjustable, fitted hat, or beanie from thousands of college and professional teams. Browse the very latest jerseys and t-shirts for the best teams out there. Liz has officially licensed professional and college sports teams apparel and hats featuring the hottest brands and trends. Shop online or visit one of the hundred stores across the country. Locker by Liz. The Playmaker Spa is sponsored by Liz. Locker rooms by Liz. Shop hats. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Bearing Down the Great Iron as we get ready to get out of here. They got one order of business left. Time for the bear down pick six, ladies and gentlemen. Give me them damn ducks to do what they supposed to have done and get a damn W. If you lose to both Washington teams right now, oh my God. What the what's gonna happen to Dan Lanny? It's not it, Dan Lanny, you better not lose to Washington State at home. You better not lose to Washington State at home. That's all I'm gonna say. Give me roll tide. Nick Saban's getting paid back on Josh Fuel and Timothy Vaughn, too. He is getting paid back. I don't care what's going on in the quarterback. I don't care how that offense looks. I don't care if Tennessee is coming off a of bye week or I don't care if they beat Jimbo Fishing. I don't care. Nick Saban is getting paid back, and he's getting paid back in a big way. Alabama rose Tennessee. Yep. Sometimes you got to make those decisions, man. Give me Florida State to beat Duke. I don't think Duke is ready. I do not think Duke is ready. Florida State will do what they need to do. They'll handle business and they'll keep themselves afloat and get in a uh, playoff spot because right now they own the ACC. And uh, since they already beat Clemson, who's going to stop them at this moment in time? And yes, I just threw up in my mouth about like 30 million times because I had to make this pick. Yeah, I want to throw up again because I am nearly picking the damn Trojans. The two teams that I can't stand the most in college football, I am picking to win. I have picked Florida State to beat Duke, and I'm picking USC to bounce back and beat Utah because Utah still don't have their damn starting quarterback. And I think the defense can only do so much if the offense can't produce. And with that being said, uh, Caleb Williams is going he's going to make amends for that three-game interception he had against Indiana. And he's going to light Utah up in the Coliseum. And then for the game of the – and then give me – Clemson, you better defend home turf. Miami, you you losing three straight, okay? So let's shut up. Game of the week. I'm picking a third team I can't stand the most in Ohio State. I have picked Florida State. I have picked USC. And I am picking Ohio freaking State. 
man, I hate this weekend. And I'm going to hate even more. All three of them win. Jeez. Louise. Man, well, when you, see, when you're unbiased and when you do things the right way, people, you have to make these decisions. And these decisions, you're going to hate. I just beat the three teams that I can't stand the most in college football. I just beat all three of them to win. I beat Florida State. I beat USC. And I just picked Ohio State. Help me. Help me. Good Lord. But, yeah. And then for I ask the point van vote, of course, you know who I'm picking. Give me Michigan. And it might be closer than an expert's thing because it is a rivalry game, but I'm picking Michigan. I, don't have, I have no rhyme or reason to believe otherwise of Michigan not beating the brakes off Michigan State, okay? Michigan State is going through it right now. The only thing relevant with Michigan State is the basketball team right now, and that team, we going to see. But everything else Michigan State is not looking good right now. All right? So that's the bear down pick six right there. In this recap, I'm taking Oregon to bounce back and Eugene to beat Washington State. I got Nick Saban getting paid back on Josh U and the Tennessee Volunteers. I have Florida State beating Duke. I got USC beating Utah. I got Dabo Sweeney not losing to both Florida teams at home. I got Ohio State beating James Franklin in my Astor Point. I'm taking Michigan over Michigan State. I have nothing else, okay? I want to throw it right now. I feel it coming. I'm trying not to, but so I'm going to end this right here. Thank y'all for tuning in. Catch me tomorrow. Ramley Talk. I am back. I had food poisoning last week. I'm back. Ramley Talk. Recap the Arizona game. Prepare for the Pittsburgh Steelers game. That's pretty much what we got going on, but we have some injuries to get over to, so. With that being said, from the Playmaker here in Jacksonville, Florida, for another edition of Bearing Down the Grid Down Talk, bringing you to college football fans all across the country. Thank you for tuning in. I'll catch y'all next week. You just experienced Bearing Down the Grid Iron, hosted by Downhill, the Playmaker Silence, in collaboration with our brothers football. Bearing Down the Grid Iron is sponsored by Liz Fanatics and Paramount Plus. If you enjoyed today's show and would like to make a donation, you can donate via Cash App at dollar sign D Playmakers at dollar sign D Playmakers. Remember, Bearing Down a Gridiron is available on all podcast directories, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, and YouTube. And for Apple Podcast lovers, leave us a rate review. Let us know what you enjoy about today's episode that you're listening to. Tune in again next time for more Bearing Down the Gridiron, hosted by The Plate Man.